well-bound sports. Quench your sports thirst. Articles, live shows, and podcasts. Visit 12ozsportsradio.com. Hey folks, this is Lee W. Mowen of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about my bookie. Since 2014, it's the place where you can bet on anything, anywhere, anytime. Get up to $1,000 on your first deposit bonus. Use the promo code 12OZSports. As well as sports betting, you can play some casino games, take in some live odds in Madden 20 and NBA 2K20, and even bet with Bitcoin. Visit mybookie.ag and use that promo code 12OZSports. That's 12OZSports, my bookie, the industry's most rewarding loyalty program. It's episode 164 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and our special guest is Chris Tilton, a freelance sports writer based out of Southern Preble County. We're talking Preble County and local area sports, the possible upcoming last season of the Cross County Conference, and the changes occurring in the future. If it's local sports, it's on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the leewmallon.com slash podcast to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mallon. On the phone we have Chris Tilton. Chris, how are you today? Well, I'm doing really well. I'm sitting on my front porch here. Uh, watching the corn grow. It's a beautiful day out there. It's uh, not too warm, although we're supposed to get back in the high temperatures on Friday. So, yeah. but let's yeah, begin. Just got, yeah, just got finished with a, with an open gym with the uh, junior high uh, kids uh, there at uh, South, and so it was uh, it wasn't too hateful out there today. Absolutely. So let's begin. Where are you from? I originally come from uh, Lewisburg there. I'm a uh, alum of uh, uh, Tri-County North, although when I attended, it was still, it was uh, Twin Valley North when I attended. But yeah, that's where I, uh, that's where I come from. I traveled around a little bit when I was young, and uh, when me and the wife decided to settle down, I was like, you know, back back home in Ohio, it's not too bad a place. So we uh, ended up back here. And it's a pretty village in Lewisburg as well. Now, how did you get into sports and writing about them? It happened by accident. Um, I was uh, I'd started a peewee football program uh, when my son was, I don't know, probably about fifth fifth grade, I think it was. And so I started a, a peewee football program, and I was submitting articles to the Twin Valley News. And the guy, uh, Sam Shortis, had bought it, and he says, man, I'm – he uh, realized that he was paying way too much for the guy that he had. He said the, the sports writer he had at the time was making more money than he did. And so he's wanting to shift gears and get someone just in part-time to do sports. And uh, he, he approached me and says, you did a pretty good job writing up the summaries for the, for the Pee Wee football games. 
would you mind being a sports writer? And I go, well, yeah, why not? You know, because I've, I've always enjoyed writing. And um, so one thing led to another and, uh, you know, uh, end up being uh, working part time for them until they went out of business. I think like probably has been fairly recent, like a year or two ago, uh, Twin Valley Publications uh, uh, went under, unfortunately, which has happened in the industry. But yeah, that's where that's where I got started. And it was quite by accident. I didn't realize they went under. I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah, it's you know the, the old story about you know declining revenue and the expenses are staying the same if not higher, and um, so yeah, I decided to had to be the one to pull the plug on it because that's uh, a publication that's been you know for the longest while, and so he hated to pull the plug on it. But it's you know it's like you know I gotta I gotta make a living, and uh, I, that's not working for me. So yeah, they they closed up doors uh, like a year or two ago. How long were you affiliated with uh, Twin Valley Publications? Uh, for a good long while, I would say uh, probably like the the mid to late 1990s is when I started with them. And so, uh, you know, what is that like about 20, 20 odd years, something like that I was uh, with yeah. them. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize I'd been with them for that length of time until I sat down the other day and looked it over and was like, oh, that was with them for, for a good long while. And I enjoyed working for Sam. But I did notice that, uh, you know, at one point in time I was doing like two full stories a week. And then it came down to doing one full story a week. And then towards the end there, he just wanted pictures only and maybe like a paragraph summary. So, uh, you know, it, uh, they're, again, just reflecting that his revenues are going down. He's trying to cut expenses. And so, uh, but, yeah, his heyday was fun, uh, you know, doing two stories a week and, and stuff for him. So, Where did your love of journalism come from? Well, uh, like I said, in high school, I was always uh, always enjoyed writing, and then the part of it is it's like it's kind of like a hobby type thing, but also like I remember when I was a kid, and I was in school. I mean, I wasn't the greatest athlete, but um, you know, I was when you the local papers would put in, you know, the, like the lineman of the week and the and um, you know who had the carries and tackles and stuff like that. So it was always a thrill to see your name in the, uh, in the paper. And so that's kind of part of the inspiration for me is like, you know, someone's got to, got to do that. And I got the, the skills to do it. And so I don't mind giving back in that sense, as far as being able to, uh, you know, write up the stories and, you know, for a lot of these athletes, you know, this is the one time that they'll get their, their names in the paper and so forth. And, and I remember one thing, one quote that I heard is that you're guaranteed, you know, two, time your name is going to be in the paper or once when you're born and once when you die and what you do in between is what uh you know is, is sort of like what your life's about and so you know this is a chance for the the local athletes to get some recognition for what they do i mean those guys you know both athletes and the coaches both you know they they work hard and uh you know and uh, and uh, they're again for some of them this might be the only chance their lives to get their to get some recognition in the paper for for what they've accomplished so that's kind of what what drives me. It's more, it's, you know, felt like a more like a hobby, but also you know like the giving back thing. You also have your own website and also Van Deet Sports. When did you start operating those? Yeah, so uh, my real job before I retired was being a computer programmer, and so just uh, it was secondary nature to start up a uh, a sports blog. And so it's, yeah, Chris Tilton Sports is a sports blog. And so I, you know, a lot of times 
some of the newspapers I work for, like some of the stuff makes it on paper, some doesn't. And so I started that up because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, the newer generation that doesn't care about newspapers as much is missing. So I started up the blog so I could get the, you know, pictures and stories up on there in full. And then also something I did with that was I did the uh, web scraping. Uh, there again, being a, a computer programmer, I could uh, set up a web, web scraper to go out and get local uh, sports stories from other publications and put links to them in that website. And so the idea being that someone could go to the website and they could look for their school or whatever and see what kind of stories that the, that they have. And uh, I have to admit, I've not been as diligent, uh, especially recently with the coronavirus stuff going on uh, with that. But, uh, but yeah, it's something that uh, just kind of like a hobby type thing. I do have a, uh, a friend of mine who helps uh, support the website. Uh, he's got a mold and tool shop and uh, he helps support it and stuff and then the uh, the vandeet.com site and again you know being a computer programmer just kind of you know play around at that website a little bit and i got some hobby type stuff and uh, and uh, other stuff that that's there to look at and again my friend uh john myers with the tool shop i got a page to put together for him out there to help uh, him build his business up and everything. So just something for me to kind of play around with and, and keep my skills up on. I mean, you know, if the worst comes to worst, you know, if you know, for some reason I might have to go back to work again, then uh, just kind of keep my skills up so I can uh, still, do the, still do the computer programming stuff. And that's uh, Twin Valley Mold, uh, his business, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, so, yeah, he makes uh, like the plastic molds and stuff as a specialty. Although he does other machine shop type stuff. Now, as a writer that covered local area sports, what uh, schools and sports did you get to cover? Um, you know, obviously the emphasis is on on your the big ones in Ohio, which is the the football and basketball, and then uh, uh, you know, of course, in the spring you get the uh, baseball, fast pitch, and, and track are the main ones there. And uh, my daughter ran cross country, so I don't mind covering uh, some cross country every once in a while. And um, let me think what other – oh, I get I did uh, some tennis a little bit. Uh, just I'd never done it before, so I thought I'd cover tennis. That was kind of a fun thing to do. And uh, wrestling I've done a few times. But, yeah, primarily the big ones because the most sports – or most the sports for the local papers, you know, they want the eyes on the paper and there's a ton more people interested in football and basketball than say, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, wrestling or maybe soccer or something like that. You just don't have the, the fan support. And so they, they want the big ones covered. So you, you know, you go to your market. And your main focus is the cross County conference and the Southwestern Buckeye league, two leagues that are going to have some major changes coming up. Oh, yeah, that's a nice little uh, segue there, absolutely. Um, yeah, I live down in, in southern Preble County, and uh, so, yeah, I'm in a good place to cover both uh, the SWBL teams that are here locally as well as the cross-county conference teams. And, um, uh, yeah, the uh, the cross-county conference is, uh, you know, breaking up, as we all know, and I'm kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit discouraged because I thought, my, you know, I think the feeling is among most people is that you know, with the conference, the change of the conference, basically we're kicking out the the better football teams and then, 
you know, and then going with, uh, you know, so that makes it more competitive for, you know, for lack of a better term, the weaker schools. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing to do as opposed to maybe trying to up your game to compete with uh, the other schools. And so, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, not really happy about that part of it. But I think as far as basketball, obviously bringing in uh, uh, Shawnee there year in, year out, they've always got a real good basketball program. And, and Dixie's fallen on rough times. But I think if you look at Dixie, you know, um, over the years, that they're kind of known for having, you know, decent basketball program. You know, the football not so much. I think they're just, uh, you know, trying to find themselves as far as getting the getting the right coach in there. And I think they get the athletes to compete. So I think that uh, but in the, in the cross-county conference, I think it'll be easier for them to compete. And then the SWBL, I think they had a really good setup there for the longest while. Uh, they had this big school division and the small school division. And I heard some rumors while, you know, this is several years ago that North and South were extended invitation, and uh, but they both had to come as a package and they couldn't get both schools to agree. But I think that would have been a good move for uh, North and South at that time. But what's happened is that now you got these really big schools, then you have the smaller schools like a, you know, like a Carlisle and, you know, Carlisle competing against like a Bellbrook or a Franklin, uh, you know, especially in football where it's, you know, well, the numbers are just, you know, they got like twice as many students or whatever. I don't see how they're going to be long-term, how that's going to work out to the good. And even with basketball and stuff like that, you know, sure you can have like the one or two uh, star players that can carry a team, but still when you're going against, they're again like a, a Bell Brook or a Franklin where they just got so many kids that can throw at you, you know, it's, it's going to be tougher to compete. And I could see, you know, more changes in the SWBL. I think the, the new form of the cross county conference, I think that that, you know, will be competitive within themselves. Okay, but I think the SWBL, there's there's more changes that come there. I'm sure. I will say I do like Preble Shawnee and Dixie going into the new uh, cross county conference setup in the WOAC, because you know that's that's less travel for you know some of the other schools. You don't have to go up to Fort Loramie or Troy, or Huber Heights to play Bethel, Miami East, Fort Loramie, Covington, too. I mean, it's, it's a pretty nice footprint in terms of travel. I mean, the farthest north you have to go is Ansonia or Bradford, or farthest south is probably Shawnee. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, geographically, yeah, it certainly makes sense. And I think they're, again, the size of the schools, you know, Dixie, for the longest time, you know, smallest school in the SWBL, and so when they get into the new conference, they'll be more middle of the pack. And so they'll be, you know, right off the bat, they'll be more competitive. So I think it's, it's a good change for them. And, and Shawnee, I think there again, they'll be, they'll be competitive. Their, their football program has kind of been up and down, but they've, uh, you know, had a decent role. So they'll be competitive both in football and basketball for sure in the new league. Now, if you were to become the commissioner of one of these leagues, would you add any schools, drop any schools? What would you say is a perfect format for the Preble County schools? Well, I uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like a you know like a, a like a north south division to help save on travel time to a degree. Mm. But um, uh, you know I can't think of too many other changes you, that you could do. With that, um, I'm trying to think about when you say when you say uh, Preble County Schools, does that include like Eaton? Yep. 
Is that what you're thinking? Or Yeah, I mean, okay. for all the Preble County schools, I mean, Eaton's going to be the lone uh, rep in the SWBL once Preble Shawnee uh, goes to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference. And also there's rumors that the SWBL is looking at Clinton Massey and Wilmington to join, and that's ooh, that's going to be a nice travel for the Eagles. Yeah, but the thing is with Eaton, it's like, you know, where where would they go? I'm not too sure where that they would end up. I mean, you know, I, I could not see them. They'd be the 800-pound gorilla if they tried to join up with the, uh, the cross-county conference teams, the new conference. And then, uh, you know, I guess uh, even if they tried to join up with, uh, you know, the Covington, Miami East, and all them, still there'd be the biggest school in that particular conference. And so – you know, if I'm eating, I'm kind of scratching my head going, I, you know, it's like, I don't know about my chances. You know, they've, they've, their, their basketball program has been struggling for the longest time and their football, you know, they had a good run there for a while, but it seemed like that's kind of dropped off. And so, you know, I don't know, I don't know where they end up in a division, you know, in a uh, conference that's comparable to them in size and ability. That, that's a, uh, that's a good question mark. And I'm afraid I do not have an answer for that. Who are some of your favorite players that you got to cover over the years? Or some of your favorite games and venues that you get to visit? Okay. Well, a couple of players kind of spring to mind. Uh, it was a David Good, I think was his name, from Chumbai South. He played uh, uh, football and basketball for them. And he was, a, he was a tremendous athlete. I think he did a little bit of safety at uh, Miami University down there in Oxford. And... Um, uh, I think he's, I think he ended up dropping out of school, but he played like I want to say like a couple of years there. But uh, he was, you know, could dunk a basketball and just a just a tremendous uh, athlete. And then uh, the other one that kind of tops springs to mind. I'm, I'm not saying that because he's uh, he's the athletic director at South, where I'm doing junior high coaching. But uh, Ryan Ennis, uh, he played. He he started off at South and he ended up if I remember right, he transferred over to Dixie. But again, just just a tremendous athlete, you know, could dunk a basketball and, uh, and, uh, just, uh, you know, just a, a top athlete. And so always, uh, tremendous to, uh, to watch them. Uh, some of the favorite games that, uh, uh, that I've watched is sometimes it's the ones, some of the favorite games are ones maybe that, uh, you don't think would be the favorite, like the one that springs to mind, uh, just, uh, a back and forth game as a as a fan was good to watch was this is probably like 10 or 15 years ago uh, both North and Bethel were playing the last game of the season at North and um, both teams had winning records but they were out of the didn't have enough points to make it into the playoffs and so you can't win league you can't make the playoffs you're playing that last game because you know it's, this is your senior year and you want to come out with a W. And those two teams battled back and forth for four quarters, and it was just just a tremendous game to watch. I've always that was a, just kind of sticks up in mind that you know sometimes you know you're playing football for the love of the game, and sometimes it's not just you know I'm playing for a championship, I'm playing in the playoffs, I'm playing this game because I love football, and I want to win it. So that's a particular game that sticks out in my mind. Uh, another one that I liked was when uh, Dave Miller was at South and he's, he's rebuilding the program. And so I think is, you know, like a lot of coaches, maybe the first year, like a, uh, what was a losing season. I want to say the second year was 500. And then finally the third year he got into uh, 
you know, winning territory. And of course, he had the the one good year where he uh, made the run into the playoffs. But this is before the run of the playoffs. It was like a year or two ahead of that. And it was just interesting from the con- contrasting style of football. He's playing this triple option and playing the uh, you know that that type of game where you're trying to hunker down on the ball and have these long clock-eating drives. And he's playing against Jefferson. And Jefferson has got the spread offense. They've got a defense that's blitzing and just throwing people at you from different directions and they're giving all kinds of oddball sets. And just that was a fun game to watch. And if I remember right, I think North won that the first game I talked about, and then South won this second game that I'm talking about. And just you know, it was a fun game to watch from the contrasting styles of like here's this real conservative play caller with his triple option, you know, playing against this other team that's just you know putting all kinds of wild plays together. And it was a it was a close game. I remember North or excuse me South ended up uh, ended up winning that one. So those are a couple of the uh, games that you know you wouldn't stick out in your mind as something memorable to me. They were because they're again you're kind of playing football for the love of the game. And uh, and just uh, you know just seeing the the, game, the technical parts of a game and and watching it from that standpoint. You mentioned South's got a new AD. How cool was it that you know Tony Osberger, the former AD at Twin Valley South, not only was he there from the '80s till about last year, but the court now has his name ingrained in it, so his legacy will live on at South. How cool was that? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I was real happy for for Tony. You know, I look at things from a, uh, a sports writer's point of view, and uh, obviously he was great with the athletes. The kids loved him, and uh, you know he uh, you know kind of set the standard for South basketball there for the longest time. But uh, one thing, uh, and this is something that you know, if there's any what happened to any young coaches uh, that happen to listen to this, something to think about is that one thing from a sports writer's perspective is that Tony. Well, you know, obviously he had bad games where, you know, he was kind of a little bit short, maybe a little bit terse, but he would always give an interview at the end of the ball game. And uh, he was, you know, talkative and would answer questions and stuff. But he also, uh, one thing I noticed with Tony when he's doing the interview is he's trying to send a message sometimes to a player, sometimes to his team, as far as, you know, these are things we've been emphasizing. And, uh, you know, uh, this particular game, we didn't do we were like maybe defense. We did not execute our defense the way we should have, or you know, on offense we're taking too many. But see what I'm saying is he's getting the message out there in the paper and kind of reinforcing the message that he's given in practice and at the games, and it's just kind of reinforcing some of the, the concepts and stuff he's trying to teach his team. He uses that he uses the interview at the end of the game to try and reinforce the message, and uh, I've always appreciated that. And then. You know, one thing that I do as a sports writer is I try and give, you know, kudos to the kids. If someone has a good night, because they're, again, this, you know, this might be the only time in your life that you're getting your name in the paper. And Tony's always good about, uh, you know, giving kudos to kids that, that had a good night. And even if it's a, you know, second string ball player that came in off the bench and gave some good minutes, you know, Tony would make mention of, you know, hey, you know, this sophomore came in, you know, in the third quarter when someone got in foul trouble and really picked us up for, you know, the last, that, that third quarter kept us in the game, that kind of stuff. So he's, you know, a great coach, but uh, also he was pretty savvy with how to handle the media. And also uh, his son, Anthony, he was a good athlete at South, too, in football and basketball, I definitely know. And I think that's how I started following your site is when Anthony was at 
TVS, and he'd have some great games. I remember broadcasting a couple of his as well. Just he's a great athlete. Well, you know, he was, and I could tell from early age, you know, obviously he was, uh, you know, coach of center basketball, and so really emphasizing the basketball side of him. But I'm watching him out there playing football, and I'm going, yeah, he's a, he's a good basketball player, but he's a great football player, you know. And so, you know, that uh, I didn't know how that would uh, end up panning out. It turned out to be he was, you know, uh, a better football player than basketball player, although he was no slouch at that basketball. But, yeah, he's definitely – you know, one of those athletes that uh, that you think about is, you know, as far as having the good coordination. And he was, you know, have, being the coach's son, you know, any ability that he didn't have, he had the smarts to make up for it. And so on the basketball court, he had the smarts, but on football, he had good instincts and a hard hitter and, you know, played with a lot of heart. And he went to Walsh, didn't he, Anthony did? I... That's all. That's awful. I can't recall, but I, you might be right. I think he did end up playing there, maybe for like a year or two. And uh, I think he came. I think he came back here to Preble County and ended up getting married, uh, maybe like a year or two ago. So. Okay. Yeah, I, I just thought that it's like, oh, he's probably out of college by now. It's like, whoa, where does time gone? <laughs> but Chris, what are some of your favorite things about sports sports locally around Southwest Ohio? Well, I just like the, you know, the, the, you know, the small school football. I've had an opportunity to travel around a little bit, and I've, you know, lived in Florida for a while, lived out in Texas for a while, and stuff like that. And well, I, I would think Texas is more comparable to Ohio as far as on a Friday night, you know, where you, you know, you have to be out of town, and everybody gets to go to a football game. Uh, that's something I like. I, you know, Ohio, I always think of as like the heart of football. And uh, that shows on a Friday night in these small towns, you know, you, as you, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm driving to a game way far away. And as you're driving down like 503 or 127 or whatever, and I can see the lights over, uh, you know, the stadium lights over some football field, you know, in town, town A and you go a bit further, there's town B, they got a home game. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, football on a Friday night, you know, that's, that's sports in the higher for me. And of course, uh, at least in this area, uh, I think well through Ohio, that you know basketball is a good thing. I mean, um, I enjoy the you know the loud gyms. Although, you know, North is about the loudest gym there is. I've walked out of there with a headache many a time. <laughs> uh, but uh, but in any event, yeah, just uh, you know, you get those loud gyms and, and those close games, and uh, there again, it gives the kids a, a chance to be a hometown hero on a, on a Friday or Saturday night with the basketball. But those are yeah, those are a couple of the things I, that I like the most. Um, one last thing, I, I, I'm one of those rare people that in, enjoys track. I ran track in high school myself, mm-hmm. and uh, my daughter, uh, you know, ran uh, ran track. The oldest daughter did, and so um, uh, you know, when you get these uh, big events and you get down to the last event, is that uh, uh, the mile relay, and to see those kids put all out. And, you know, your, your lungs are burning. You come the last 100 yards down the finish line. And uh, you see those kids give it all out. You know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it brings a tear to your eye sometimes to see how hard they push, you know, trying to get to that finish line, uh, you know, ahead of everybody else. And, and to see the lungs, lungs are burning, your, your legs feel like lead weights and you're pushing, you know, you're just going on, the, you know, you're just going on the, 
your 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 mental strength because your legs are are about shot. So, uh, uh, you know, I like to see that in the springtime. We mentioned uh, earlier about the coronavirus. How has that affected you? Well, um, for me, it, it, uh, uh, personal wise, I'm like I said, I'm retired, so you know the social distancing part was uh, was easy to do, and uh, you know I've been working part time now for the uh, the Daily Advocate, and um, uh, obviously that just kind of pulled the rug under our collective feet for that, and so uh, so there's been like zero sports to cover. And uh, kind of a little segue off of that, the, uh, you know, the newspapers are kind of cutting back and they, uh, you know, uh, they're cutting back the rates that they're giving to freelancers. And so I got to think really long and hard. I mean, I enjoy doing it and I'm not really in it for the money, but yet, you know, you're going out there and, uh, you know, you have gas and time going there. I have the time at the game. And then I've got to, you know, take pictures and put together a story and, and interview the coaches and then drive back home. And, uh, you know, by the time you put it all together, you're not really making a whole lot on the hour. And so when they say, we can't afford to pay this much, we're going to have to cut your rates. And you got to stop and think, well, I enjoy doing this. But, uh, you know, I want to make at least a little bit out of it. So um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, when football season, if it starts back up, if, uh, if I'm going to be covering – for sure not, or maybe just doing something on my own. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, I pulled the rug out from our collective feet there in the spring or in the, uh, when they stopped the, the basketball and then uh, uh, no spring sports whatsoever. And we don't know what fall's going to be like. So, so it's, uh, I, I'm like everybody else kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. I've heard all kinds of stuff floated about, and I heard some, some stuff that didn't make any sense to me. Like someone's floating this idea that, you know, no huddle, no huddles in football, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe you're not going to huddle, but geez, you're going to be, you know, the linemen are going to be going face to face every play, you know. So how do you how do you counter for that? And it's just like, you know, here's some silly stuff out there. I'm hopeful that uh, they get something going uh, to where we have sports this fall. I mean, I can see the administrators and the the guys that run the Ohio uh, Athletic Association as far as they want to be conservative. Because who wants to be the guy that gives the green light for sports? And then you have, you know, even just one athlete that gets the coronavirus and dies. Well, you know, how's that going? If you're the one kid, the parents, the one kid that dies, you know, that's uh, that's going to be tough. So, so I really don't know what to think as far as what happens uh, this fall. I mean, everybody's hopeful that there's some sort of a vaccine or vaccine or something, but there's no guarantee we'll have something like that. Uh, and will they have enough vaccine to roll out? say in late august but when the football really gets going you know so but yes it's, it's a you know anybody's guess as to what's going to happen this fall i'm, I'm hopefully get something going but but who knows i hope high school football returns in a safe manner but i'm hoping we have sports to talk about in the fall because this quarantine it's been tough especially with no live sports i mean they are starting to slowly trickle back in but yeah, it's, it's it's still tough. And considering that spring sports didn't happen and winter sports couldn't play for championships, it's, I want to see sports back, but I don't want to see it in such a way where, you know, people are catching the coronavirus and possibly dying from it. Exactly. And that's where I wonder if, the you know, they might not, it might not end up going on the side of caution 
you know, and and uh, and, and not doing anything. But uh, but yeah, there again, we'll have to have to wait and see what happens there. And uh, you mentioned the Daily Advocate. That's the paper in Greenville. Uh, what do you cover for that? Right. I, I, do, I do sports only, so that's been all in my entire career. Uh, mainly, well, I've almost always done sports. I think I've done a few general interest articles for uh, for Twin Valley publications, but it's yeah, it's almost always it, it has been always been sports, like 98% sports, I would say. And so, uh, uh, what I do with them is they send out a thing, you know, like every Sunday they'll send out a list. These are the things we'd like to have covered, and so I can kind of pick and choose and see which ones are. You know, I live down in Southern Preble County, but a lot of times, since they're all in the same league, you know, teams have got away games at North or South or Trail, uh, maybe Eaton sometimes. I'll cover those. And I have gone uh, and, and traveled uh, over like West Carrollton and stuff like that, especially when I was working. I worked over in the Beaver Creek area, so that was great for the, uh, the Greenville team because at that time, you know, they're playing against uh, – you know, a lot of the schools right in that Beaver Peak area, so I could go after work go uh, go cover a game or something like that. That wasn't a bad setup. So, let me ask you this: What would you like to see in the future for sports and or media in Southwest Ohio? Like, what would you like to see added to the sports world down here or the media world? Like more radio stations to cover games, or what would you like to see? Well, I'd like to see how things evolve because obviously what you're doing with this podcast right here, you know, that's like a like an evolution. You know, that's that's a change because, you know, 20 years ago, you know, I don't think hardly anybody heard of a, a podcast and stuff. And so I'm thinking that's the direction that things need to go because, you know, they're getting the print print media. That's like a dying thing. You know, you're uh, the new people coming up or have zero interest in newspapers. So, you know, and I think there's still an interest in people to the, there again, like coaches comments after games. And so what I'm thinking is that the, uh, the next evolution is to, you know, uh, the podcast, like what you're doing, but I'm thinking there's going to be more of a multimedia approach. Cause I, I thought about doing this, but again, you know, I'm retired. I'm not going to put a whole lot of time into it. My thought is, is that, uh, if you have some way of, uh, of being able to film a game easily and then film the coach at the end, and now I can, clip out some of the highlights like you know this is the the you know the winning touchdown from the the tailback and this is the interception by the uh the uh, um uh cornerback that uh, stopped the drive and you get those highlights together you have an interview with the coach at the end of the team and it's all done you know digitally where you have it uh you know um there again i don't know just throwing out some ideas you know, like uh uh like a maybe not tiktok but like you know just facebook i could put something up there on facebook and have the uh, you know some short film clips and an interview of the coach, and then it's something easily digested. I think that the uh, you know people are okay reading like a short article, but the you know the longer articles that are like a thousand words, you know I think, I think that the younger people in particular aren't interested in, in reading an article like that, but they'll probably sit and watch like a a five or ten minute uh, uh, recap of the game. I think that would be something that I could see, uh, certainly see happening, but it's just the, uh, you know, having the, the, the dedication, the time to be the guy that, uh, that, uh, gets the film and edits it and, uh, and does the coach, uh, interviews the coach and, uh, and captures that on film on the, well, I keep on saying film, but digitally, I guess. So that's kind of a, an evolution that I see happening. And, um, uh, but there again, I'm, I, I thought about doing it, but it's like, ah, 
but again, I'm retired. I don't want to put a lot, whole lot of time and effort into this. I'd be glad to help somebody else with it. But as far as being the guy that that puts something like that together, and you know, like have somebody on uh, side at every place to capture the game for you, you know, that might be the way to go. And then you have a uh, uh, at the uh, conference website, I can go take a look at, you know, what was the highlights from uh, from North, what was the highlights from Ansonia, that type of thing. Isn't it amazing how far technology has come and how, you know, more accessible sports are to people on social media? Yes, that's uh, that's very, very true. You can do a search and, and uh, come up with, uh, you know, all kinds of information about the athletes and stuff. And uh, all, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank. Uh, there's the huddle mm-hmm. and I'm trying to Mac preps and some of the other websites where some of that, some of that stuff is already available. I've seen some people that submit some, uh, uh, you know, short little uh, film segments and stuff there. So some of the stuff is is already happening. And and something else, just to kind of go in a little segue off of this, is you know, think about this younger generation. And I'm watching my grandchildren, and and think about esports. So we're talking about physical sports, but there's esports out there. And I'm watching my kids. They're watching other people play games and I'm I'm watching them it's like I have zero interest in watching other people play like you know video games or whatever and uh, but they're you know they're sitting there watching this mesmerized and you know I've heard about and I'm sure you have too about the like tournaments and stuff like that that are online that people watch and stuff like that and so that might be like the next evolution is that yeah there's probably still always going to be physical sports but esports might be uh, you know creeping up behind them and uh, who knows 20 years from now you know there'll be more emphasis on esports than you know though i can't fathom more than football and basketball but some of the lesser sports i could see esports you know eclipsing them perhaps i saw the pacers and the fever have an esports tournament and how huge that is and i think uh what what college was it where they're actually offering scholarships for esports it's like I I don't know about that one, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned Huddle, uh, the football team that I broadcast for in Cincinnati. They have this basically a portable hard drive, and they take footage and they're able to edit and chop out the highlights and everything. It's just I've said it once, I'll say it again. Technology is really amazing, and how far it's you know shown up. My big thing is though. Yeah, I'm I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember when I was in high school that they sent some game films of mine to colleges, and it was like real film films. And so they had to physically send films off to uh, college coaches for them to look at and so forth. So, uh, so yeah, you could imagine you have this big bulky thing, you got to wait for it to be delivered in the mail, and uh, the guy's got to look at it and uh, and return it and stuff like this. And today, if a college coach wants, wants to see an athlete, then it's just you press a button, and you know, a few seconds later, the guy's got it. So it's uh, it's a world of difference. It's the just the digital, uh, just having that. That I mean that's that's pretty nice. The one thing I I yeah. would say on that uh, question I asked is I'd love to see a radio station back in Eaton where it was I think what WCTM something like that. I'd love to see something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's where. Um, I'm impressed with uh, almost that's awful with Tiger. It's the but uh, up there at the Versailles, the, the guy that does the uh, the sports cast up there, the high school uh, sports 
up in that area, they really get a lot of attention because they have the radio guy up there, and I see him at the games all the time, and I've spoken to him, and all of a sudden, like I said, um, uh, I say, like WTGR or whatever that is yep. up there. Uh, but in, in any event, does a great job, and, and, and to me, a quality job, because, you know, you're out there in the middle of the sticks, you know, realistically, you're not in like a, a big market. You're not like in the Cincinnati or Columbus. You're out there in the sticks. But they put together a quality broadcast, and the kids get recognition. And, you know, if, uh, especially, you know, grandma and grandpa can't make it out to the ball game, I could flip it on right there, and I got the ball game. And uh, they're going to do a quality job with the broadcast. So, be, you know, it's a shame that, uh, you know, that Eaton and uh, specifically in Preble County in general doesn't have a, a local station like that that can uh, uh, cover sports for them. It, it is a shame too. I I remember reading articles about that radio station, and I, I never got a chance to listen to it. But I think that'd be great for Preble County. And yeah, Scott Ward does an amazing job with uh, WTGR up north. Mm-hmm. Now, for those people interested in becoming journalists, what advice can you give them? Well. Um... I would say, you know, you gotta you know, you gotta get your foot in the door. And like me, I started off uh you know with a paper ink uh, a paper pad and then I had a like little handheld digital uh camera that was totally unsuited for sports, but then anyhow I you know uh, accumulated stuff and uh and uh and and uh you know got better and better and I was fortunate that uh, uh I had a mentor uh, of sorts in, in Eddie Moen. Yeah. Uh, who works for the Register Herald, and so um, uh, you know, he saw me started out, and you know, he could have given me a cold shoulder. I'm working for a competitor, and just totally ignore me. But no, he uh, gave me uh, advice on, you know, uh, you know, focus on these shots. You always want to get the face in the picture. You can get the face and the ball in the picture. That's a bonus. And um, uh, let me think of some other stuff. And you know the. Some of the you know, I, I, I uh, observed his interviewing technique, and so I knew I could learn from watching him the right questions to ask and so forth. And I guess for a young person who wants to get into journal journalism in general or sports in particular, then being able to find someone who's a veteran who's done it and kind of uh, you know, hey, can I give you a hand if you're covering a ball game? Can I? You know, you take the, the the notes, and I'll snap the pictures for you, or vice versa. I can keep stats, or see what I'm saying. Kind of get your foot in the door, and watch and see how an experienced person does it, and uh, and kind of capture things from there. That would be uh, uh, you know the biggest piece of advice I can think of, because uh, yeah, I was a total novice at it. I still think of myself as a novice with a camera. I tell I joke to people I'm a I'm a monkey uh, when it comes to operating a camera, but I just kind of play around with it. Like these are the settings for a volleyball match indoors. So I write that down mm-hmm. and I've always got up my notepad. And then like these are the settings outdoor at a lit football stadium. And I'll write that down. And then, so see what I'm saying? It's kind of trial by error. And I'm sure someone that would really put the time and energy and learning all the apertures and shutter speeds and stuff like that, that they could do a better job than I. But like I said, I just kind of a trial and error and, and figured out as I go as far as the camera thing. You mentioned Eddie Mowen. He's my cousin, actually. Okay, I wondered if there was a uh, if there was a uh, correlation there. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a really nice guy, mm-hmm. and I know his his, his uh, daughters are doing well at sports, and so uh, so yeah, 
he's, uh, he's, he's, he's been a, a nice mentor for me. He, his uh, daughter, uh, Becca, she's playing softball at, well, she was playing softball at Thomas More until the, you know, coronavirus. So it's, it's always yeah. cool to see. And, you know, there's not a lot of people with that last name. So yeah, definitely. Uh, Eddie, Eddie is a good guy and I'm happy I'm related mm-hmm. to him. So Chris, yeah. how can people follow your work and you on social media? Well, uh, there's not too many Chris Tilton's around, so if you do just a search on on uh, on Chris Tilton Sports, you'll get the blog, and probably on Facebook. I do have uh, a let me think. It's a, there's a Van Deet Sports page. Mm-hmm. I've kind of played around with and not kept up as much as the blog, but there is that, and there are pictures and stories and stuff there. Um, uh, so you can find me there on Facebook. And those are probably the two biggest places to find me. And, um, you know, of course, if anybody needs coverage on anything, or if there's anybody looking for some freelance work I've done, like some, I've had been contacted by papers that during playoff time where they get, you know, I got four teams in the paper, or four teams in the playoffs, but only two riders. I need one or two more riders. So, uh, you know, if anybody would uh, like to contact me for covering, um, uh, you know, playoffs and stuff like that. I'm uh, I'm available, and uh, you know, uh, uh, it would not be a problem to contact me to uh, to do that. Like I said, I'm retired, got time on my hands, so not a problem. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I enjoyed this interview, and it was really fun getting to know about you know your journey as a sports journalist. Okay, likewise, it was a pleasure talking to you. And that'll do it. That's episode 164 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. And we'll talk to you again for episode 165. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app, then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowen's Mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowen, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. <laughs>